The Carousel Club, Carnaby Street, London, England, 1960-ish. It is the birth of the 60s. Cliff Richards is still with the Drifters and is on the turntable with their hit, Living Doll. We are in the current most ab-fab coffee shop in London, quaintly known as the Carousel Club, which is situated just off the teenage mecca of Carnaby Street. The fashion industry is in its glory. My mini culottes are showing more legs than Jean Shrimpton will ever dare at the Randwick races. My Cleopatra beehive outshines anything that Priscilla Presley will offer, and my face is adorned with fake eyelashes that would put Twiggy to shame. I'm a clone of all my friends who are equal clones of me. It is late enough to give the London in crowd the opportunity to congregate and early enough to have a fun evening before they have to take the train home before curfew. It is hot, noisy, crowded, and of course madly exciting. I'm in the popular spot. High bar stool at the counter. My best friend is on one side, recounting all the college gossip. How daggy was that outfit worn by our other best friend? And who do you think has been doing it with who? I'm interested, but also conscious that the man squashed tight next to me is beginning to get a bit fresh. He is breathing heavily, and his perspiration is penetrating through my new Mondrian print mini. Suddenly, he slumps heavily against me. I giggle and <laughs> whisper to my friend. He's just come up against me. She giggles <laughs> and suggests I shove him back, which I do with enthusiasm. He falls off his stool. There is a scream from a highly hormonal pubescent girl a few bar stools further on, followed by another. I look down and in an instant realise that what I thought to be perspiration is in fact blood, which is now all over my new Mary Quang outfit. Indeed, I now see that my sexual predator is in the midst of death throes. As he lies on the floor with blood pouring out of him, a knife can be seen penetrating his side. Thankfully, it is on the opposite side to me, so I would have to be a contortionist to be seriously considered a suspect killer. Even so, when the police arrive a few minutes later, we are all asked to resume our original positions, and I am identified as being the closest to him at the time of his death. One by one, we are interviewed in a little back room of the cafe. There are countless repetitive questions, particularly for a description of the person who was on the other side of the victim, who now seems to be missing. None of us are much help. Gradually, a few nondescript suggestions of a young, maybe middle-aged, tallish, well, perhaps short man with light brown, no, no darkish hair, 
He was wearing a dapper Sinatra-style hat and dark fawn-coloured slacks under a coffee-brown, or maybe was that a navy-blue coat, provides the police with a completely useless description. Eventually, I have to ask if I may, please can I use the telephone to notify my parents of where I am? They are not happy, particularly as they thought I had been in my room for the whole evening studying for an exam at college on Monday. Some of us are taken to the police station, where we are interviewed again and introduced to an identikit artist. This time it turns out the suspect had a square, slightly rounded jaw and with a dimple. No, no, without a dimple on the chin. He had a beard. Um, it could have been a dark complexion with grey, well, greyish-blue, maybe greyish-bluish-green, possibly brown eyes and wearing a trench coat over dark jeans and mid-calf boots. Along with my friend, I give my name and address and eventually am driven home in the police car. This incurs a state of excitement, apprehension, nervousness and, well, exultation. What will the neighbours think as they rustle behind their lace curtains on my arrival? I am told I will be required again at a later date to assist the police in their inquiries. My parents are told the same thing. They are even less pleased. Although my friend and I are very eager and willing to testify all that we know in court, we discover a few days later that a few more reliable witnesses have been contacted and an arrest has been made. No doubt the police concluded they were better off without our totally conflicting, highly exaggerated descriptions. Like everyone else, we read of the incident in the paper. It was said that a young man had become rattled when his girlfriend's bar-store neighbour had begun to get a bit fresh. He then got jealous when she responded warmly, and in a fit of pique pulled out the knife. It was only meant to be a warning, but partly due to the overcrowding, had finished up much more. A charge of manslaughter had been brought down. For a few weeks, my friends and I had other things to talk of than film and fashion. In fact, the incident encouraged us girls to be a little less flirtatious for quite a while and find another trendy coffee bar. After all, the carousel was so yesterday. You have been listening to The Carousel Club, written and read by Brianda Cross, who was at The Carousel Club in the 60s. <laughs>